Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome. If you like talent, then you are in the right place. This is the Talent Factor Football Podcast, the number one podcast for the best football content. It's Jaden Clark, your fairly new but soon to be beloved co-host. And I'm here with our favorite people, the infamous DP and Keith Hot Take Sanchez. DP, do you want to tell the people how you're feeling Jayden, today? I'm feeling good. I'm going to tell you why I'm feeling good, Jaden, because we got you back on the show. You are the point guard for me and Keith, and it feels good to know I'm going to have some easy assists today. <laughs> how about you, Keith? How are you feeling? I'm pretty good. I, I got another nickname, Hot Take Sanchez. I wasn't expecting that one, but I'm going to take that Everything's one. Everything's hot with you, Keith. Too. Every single oh, thing. Man. Spicy, hot. It Every, is. Listen, listen. I'm from New Orleans. Lil Wayne, Juvenile, the hot boys. For the 99 and 2000, <laughs> 99 and 2000. That's how we rock and roll. But DP, why don't you go ahead, get them with the Avery's we get this thing started. Shout out to our partners over at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts All right. It is a beautiful day to talk about the game, at least where I'm at. I don't know. How about you guys? Um, But I just want to start off with our headline for this week going into game three. You know, week one, we talked about Scott Frost and the fragility of his job as the head coach at Nebraska. Uh, We talked about how it was his time to make a statement. And we also even threw a little soft bets about how long he was going to last. Well, joke was on all of us because it was not as long as we thought. Um, They decided that Scott Frost was more valuable gone than there. And so now we go into game three with a new Nebraska interim head coach, Mickey Joseph. How about thoughts, feelings, and um, predictions for our new head coach in that program? Yeah, I mean, so me, me and DP talked about this, right? We was like, man, you cannot take that trip overseas, you know, have your fans travel thousands of miles and then lose, right? And then Scott Frost said, okay, hold my drink. Watch this. I'm going to lose Nothing. at home against Georgia Southern. Like, if y'all thought that was bad, watch this. So he doubled down on it. And then Nebraska AD and the boosters and everybody else, and they said, you know what, Scott? You got to go, baby. Like, we got to at least beat Georgia Southern. And, man, just transitioning, we have Coach Mickey Joseph. I'm excited about it. Somebody, me and Jaden, we know personally, a great guy. He's a former Nebraska quarterback he he bleeds that red and white as far as you know it being in his blood and who he is and, and having pride for nebraska and listen at the end of the day this I'm, I'm gonna take it to this place right there was a tweet that was sent out during the middle of the week or matter of fact it was right when coach mickey Jones was named interim head coach and said that he was the first black coach in any sport literally any sport in nebraska's history and i thought that that was amazing right like they could there was not one 
coach of any type of hue or color or something <laughs> that you say, you know what, that that person, guy or female, right? Because we're talking about women's sports also, that can be the head coach of our program. And I, and I think it's a direct reflection to where Nebraska sports as a whole is right now, meaning that this, like recruiting matters at the end of the day, right? And they haven't had a prominent coach that can walk into the living rooms of those minority, um, you know, kids and parents homes and convince those kids to leave Miami to go to Nebraska, right? Like you, you have to, a parent has to really believe in you if I'm going to send my child to Nebraska. So I think it's a good move for Nebraska and hopefully they give him more than just this little quote unquote showcase as far as, you know, finishing out the rest of the season. Like y'all need change period. Like y'all need a person like, no, I'm a hundred percent, you know, in agreement. And like you said, everything that Scott Frost could not do to start this season, he said, I'm going to do it. He said, I'm going to do it. He did it. And it was just more so like, <laughs> hey, if, if you go – I'm putting the pressure on the on the, on the on the organization, on the program. The aid, uh, If you go fire me, then, you know, you're going to have to show me you go fire me. And it was like, yeah. Hold, here's your yeah. drink back, Scott Frost. You take it with you because we're going to go ahead and terminate this contract. We're not even going to wait until – the money aspect works out to where they could get rid of them, and it's it's a less of a cost to do it. They just said no after that game last week. No, we're good. We're done it here. And it's just a simple fact. The matter is, when you come in with all the hype, all the hoopla, all the the praise of man, he's the savior of this program, and then <clears throat> to watch you just lay an egg, make bad decisions, <laughs> like all the stuff that he did. The onside kick against Northwestern when you were in the lead, you know, and then after the game, blame your offensive coaches, man, all the stuff. And then they give up, what, 45 points last Saturday? 45? Like, yeah, it's time to go. Scott, it's not frosty no more for you, baby. It's, it's a little hot. It, it, it's time to go. The, the snow is melted. And I'm, I'm actually really happy because a lot of times, Keith, and, and you know this, when, when coaches, when coaching changes happen, a lot of times it could go, of course it can go either way, but a lot of times initially there's an energy, a shift. Like guys feel mm -hmm. different. They play harder. And I just didn't feel like Scott Frost was one of those coaches that I me personally, like just watching his mannerisms, the way he talked, his interviews, he wasn't somebody I would have wanted to play for. And I just imagine there's probably some kids in that locker room right now like, man, Coach Mickey's here. Like, let's 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 go. They're ready for the the matchup with Oklahoma this Saturday. Yeah, listening to you guys, I immediately thought about you know what Mickey brings to the table, even in terms of what he's bringing from LSU. Like, you walk in as the coach who coached Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, and you already have a right, leg up. Great point. Great um, point. You think about on top of that, you know, he already played there. On top of that, he has so many years on his belt. And let's face it, it's fun. He's a fun guy. He's got a good yeah. personality. He's got good energy. And that's what they need. They're, they're a dead program, and you got to bring they, it back to life. Some, they need some swagger. Like, when's the last time that, you know, you heard in Nebraska, and, and older people in Nebraska, right, they talk about the heyday with the early 90s and stuff. But, man, I was I was three. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you were the last... Those boys weren't even born. <laughs> yeah. They weren't even born. <laughs> We, we don't want to hear about that anymore. Like, you're just talking about red and white and a bunch of corn, you know, as far as we're concerned. With the, and I, I think that they need some type of relevancy. So I think you did a good job, Jayden, of just outlining, you know, who Coach Joseph is as a person. I, I, love, that. I love the points that Jayden made too, Keith, because 
like you talk about recruiting. If if this goes well and you make him the not the interim but the actual head coach, being able to like you said, being able to go in and the cachet that he would have. Listen, going to receivers, I coach Justin Jefferson, I coach Jamar Chase. You see what they're doing right now? Like having that backing and that that resume yeah. where these kids are like, okay, yeah, nil is a big part of things, but it's like. As a coach, what what are you going to do for me? Are you going to put me in a position not just to get NIL money, but I'm trying to get that long money, that real money, real money in the NFL? Like, are you going to set me up for that? And I think, you know, ha- having him with that backing, with that resume is going to help. I definitely agree. It's definitely Mickey and Nebraska's time to make a statement, which actually leads me into our next segment, my favorite. Um, we have our two games and our two statements that you guys think that people need to make. So we're going to start off with uh, DP. What do you oh, have? Man, you know, I'm a South Carolina. How do you say South Carolinian? I think is what everybody calls us. Like I, I never understood <laughs> the term, but I'm from South Carolina, and okay. I'm not too far from the Gamecocks campus. And, and, and for me, it's Spencer Rattler. Last year, coming into the season of 2021, all the mock drafts had the Houston Texans taking Spencer Rattler, number one overall. We get into the season, and his play is spotty, decision-making, turnovers, ball security. Nothing was going correct, guys. And then we got to a point where Lincoln Riley's like, I can't do this anymore, and he benches him for the freshman, for the young kid in Caleb Williams, and he never gets the job back. Now, being in the SEC, tougher competition, of course, as as everybody knows, because he's going up against Georgia this week. But if you're going against this defense – and if you can go out there, make the right decisions, show the accuracy. We all know that you are mobile and you have a really, really great arm. Like he can just flick the wrist and it goes 50, 60 yards. He has the arm talent. But just go out there, be accurate, make the right decisions. And I'm going to say it. We don't expect you to win. Okay, Spence, I'm going to be honest. We do not expect y'all to win this game because Georgia is such a powerhouse and they're rolling right now. Stetson Bennett has what? Back-to-back 300-yard games. I don't expect that to continue. But nonetheless, like, you aren't expected to win. But just come in and do your job. Look good for the scouts. When we pop on the tape in a couple months after the season, let the scouts be like, man, I see something here. So they, when they go to the GM, they say, listen, I'm willing to take him at the end of round one. I'm willing to take him at the beginning of round two because this is a guy that I believe with these tools that he showed the maturity, showed the decision-making against really good SEC competition that, hey, this is a kid that we need to have on our roster for a potential franchise QB of the future. So this is a game that, that means a lot to him. He, he had a nice game last week against Arkansas, some inconsistencies, but this game is high marquee because of who he's facing. My boy Keith, your turn. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Oh, man, I was, I was waiting for you to call on me because I'm <laughs> calling out. Texas A&M. And not one person I'm calling out the whole (laughs) damn program. If you associated with Texas A&M and the Aggies, I'm calling you out. If you a student at Texas A&M, I'm calling you out. You better have a good week in school this week. That was embarrassing, right? Like to lose to Appalachian State, you are an SEC program. Everybody's talking about, you know, you had a number one recruiting class. Jimbo Fisher, you want to be calling out Nick Saban during the summer. Well, guess what? Nick Saban doesn't lose to Appalachian State. They usually beat those guys by 40 to 50 points. You cannot do that. I don't care if it was home or away or wherever the hell y'all were playing. You cannot lose to a Sunbelt team when you're supposed to be one of the best 
SEC teams in the entire – well, just SEC teams, period, but one of the best football teams in the entire country. So I called out Texas A&M. I'm sorry. Quarterback situation, you got to get that figured out. You should be able to run the football on Appalachian State and score 28 points, right? But the quarterback situation, Haynes King, I don't think it would look very good. So now Jimbo Fisher, you're supposed to be a quarterback guru, a quarterback savant, somebody that can turn water into wine as far as when it comes to quarterbacks, right? So look at Haynes King, look at Max Johnson. I would probably go with Max Johnson. I've been saying that from the beginning as far as who should have won that starting quarterback position, but now it's cost you a game. Now you have Miami, who is, I think, their top 15 team, right? Everybody's been waiting on the past 15, 20 years for the U to be back, and they're coming into your home. You don't want to be a statement game for them, so you have to make a statement. Say, look, last week against Appalachian State was a, a blunder or it was a blip on the radar, and we're back on track because that was, that was flat quick, out I want to add. You say that it was a – I want to add. I want oh, to add, you. I was about to add Real quick. <laughs> Keith said it was an embarrassment, right? Now, I don't know if you guys have seen on mm-hmm. social media, they had like this little midnight rally at Texas A&M where some students, like it was like three male students, <laughs> won the field, basically trash talking about the intelligence of Appalachian State and all, just being extremely, the best term is ignorant, right? Just, first of all, you're not a player. Like, I don't think you play. So you shouldn't be talking about what another team is capable of when you're not on the field to defend that, that said that that defend your program. But all like they're dressed in, like they call them hillbillies or hicks and like all type of weird. It was just a weird vibe, guys. And to do that before the game, then lose the game. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you won't be having any more of these recorded midnight conferences uh, before games. Same thing going back to social media and this whole this was a blunder. I was looking um, this week and I saw a tweet about the Sun Belt teams that won this last week, you know, Georgia Southern, uh, Marshall, and Appalachian State. And did you guys know that all of them have only, I think, the most one of them has beat is only like five power five teams, right? And every single one of them has beat Texas A&M. <laughs> In the tweet, it was like, because, you know, at the end of the day, what you frequent on Twitter is what you see. And I'm a I'm an SEC fan, but particularly the Tigers. And so, of course, someone was just tweeting about Texas A&M and their um, loftiness. And they were like, how have you been beat by all of them? More reason to not crazy. have. That's crazy. That, that's a fun, fun stat of the day, Jaden. So so Texas A&M, <laughs> to further my point. Y'all got to get the job done. More reasons not have to have to midnight conferences that are recorded when you're trash talking other, you right. know, lesser teams. Your midnight no rally. Midnight rallies. Just, just football. Just focus on that. Right. Backpacking off of DP's make a statement. Game, let's talk about Georgia for a second. Is Georgia the best team in the SEC? Like, is, is that something we can say? I have to see what he say. Uh oh, let's see the pressure on what they, he's nodding back and forth. I'm trying to see what he's gonna say. No. I, no. I know I'm a um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Like Georgia fans, I love y'all. You know, mm-hmm. I support. I, I appreciate all the support on social media. No, I'm gonna continue to say no because okay, you, you beat Oregon. All right, cool. Oregon's a power five mm-hmm. team that clearly wasn't ready for that matchup or the bright lights. And then, like I said, I think some of the kids may have been the to the, to the club then the, the night before. So, uh, you know, but <laughs> you beat what Samford and then you didn't even cover the spread against Samford. Like that was a wild part about it. Like you dropped the, it was 33 to zero, but the spread was like ridiculous. You didn't even cover that, 
But for me, it's like, all right, what happens when you get into the meat and potatoes of your schedule and teams can actually put up points and then you don't, you're not playing Bo Nix anymore. Like you're going to be playing better quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. better offenses. And then it's like, all right, Stetson, this is where this all comes full circle for you. You're the reason why I don't, why I don't believe they're the best team in the SEC because I do not view, I know that shout out to the college game day. They hype the kid up. They love him. They love his story. Oh, that's fun and cool. But I'm a talent evaluator at the end of the day. And I'm going to tell you what I see on tape. I see a guy that has a lot of easy throws, a lot of easy schemed up opportunities. What happens when you have to play quarterback and your defense is having a bad day? They've given up 21 points in the quarter or something like that. Can you stay stride for stride with better offenses that can put pressure on your defense and score the football? So for me, it's a no because I need to see more. And I'm just not a Stetson been a believer. You know, I think it all goes down to um, the sides of the SEC. And when we start to see Georgia crumble every year, I think that their history is, you know, I, I can stand by DP and why he feels the way he feels. I see Georgia's history and they do really, really, really well. And everyone's like, oh, like they're the best team in the SEC. Just wait till they get a hold of blah, blah, blah. Whoever on the other side of the SEC is, you know, winning. And then they get there. And they SEC do championship. It's almost SEC like clockwork. It's almost like clockwork. So, Keith, how about you? Where do you stand? Oh, man, you almost convinced me of the other <laughs> way. But I'm going with yes. I, I, oh. And I'm with you. Listen, listen, Georgia, they usually crumble, right? But I think it takes that one championship to where mm. you get comfortable. Because let's be honest, right? And and we've been in the building and seen it. It's nerves at the end of the day, right? Yeah. They get to coaches, and that's what people understand. They look at players during the game, but coaches have nerves to where they start calling players that they wouldn't call. They start changing practice a little bit. They want to practice a little bit longer, you know, just different play scripts. Uh, but I think Kirby Smart got over that hump. And listen, this is more about Alabama than what it is about that's, Georgia. That's what I was about to ask. Is this about the game that just passed? <laughs> this is 100% about the game that just passed. It did not look good. Listen, we, do, we did not foresee Texas – controlling the line of scrimmage and me and Jade, we were texting during that game. We were like, like, this is not good. This is not good at all. Cause you're, you're talking about a big 12 team and then the pride that the sec has as far as winning games in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line play. And guess what? Texas took it to them. They, they wore that offensive line out. The, um, Texas offensive line, they were able to kind of stifle Will Anderson a little bit. I have to go back and watch the film to see if that was scheme type things, but that game, was, that was a 20 to 19 game. That was Bryce Young having another Heisman S type moment away from Texas winning the game. So as of now, going into week through week three, I'm sorry, I'm going to say Georgia is the better football team. I think if they square up today, Georgia is the better football team. But y'all know I have a little roll tied in me. Y'all gonna you got to stop saying that. That's like number three. That's number three right there. <laughs> have to see. Have it to is. See. He's lucky that it's on a different day. Today. Have to see how I feel about this uh, come yes, week, SEC, you know, end of the season. They'll see each other the SEC championship yeah. more than likely if everything shakes out, you know, like how it had, did last year. But like yeah. you, like you, I think we you talked we talked about it. Like Bama started slow last year. We got get get a little healthy with Tyler Harrell, some of those guys uh, with in the receiver room. I think they can give Georgia some trouble. And defensively, I absolutely think that they can give Stetson, Stetson Bennett some trouble. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing that I know, or at least fear, 
about the Alabama team is that they don't make many mistakes. And once they do, oh, they tend Nick to not cuss everybody again. out this way. Um, I'm guaranteeing. I, so, I guarantee it. Like, he was Nick scaring was red you. Hot. He was, I he was scared. Was, at the end of the game, go to um, shake hands. He's cussing somebody out because they were like throwing down the, 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 the horns. I was like, yeah. he, he literally just got on the field, face red, just yelling at him. I'm like, bro. <laughs> he definitely he definitely pulled oh, a mama on them though like i felt yeah. the fear i sat there like dang what i do <laughs> um so 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 barring any upsets right now we think bp georgia is not and keith they are so we'll see how that plays out but speaking of upsets we have oklahoma at nebraska and ou is favored by 11 point five points i'm not even really sure how that works but you know whatever 11.5 someone's gonna score half a point um <laughs> so how do you guys feel about that one i feel like it's too i feel like that's too much and the reason why like we just talked about at the beginning of the show new coach new energy new vibes and it with nebraska <clears throat> and having casey thompson i believe is the quarterback he's from texas he's played ou before now grant this is brent venable's version of of ou uh defensively but offensively, I'm not sold with Dylan Gabriel and, and the offense they have. I'm not truly sold on them. And I think now you don't know, and, and it's, it's almost to a disadvantage to Oklahoma. You don't know what this offense is going to look like, you know, under the new coach, under Mickey. You don't know how he's going to call a game, what type of what type of scheme. You don't know anything that's coming. You knew what was coming with Scott Frost because you had tape on it. You don't know what's coming with the new coach. So for me, I think that the spread is a little high, and I just feel like the football is an emotional game. Keith, you know it. It's an emotional game at the end of the day. And we literally saw Monday night football. The Seattle Seahawks came out. Listen, we got to beat Russ. I don't care if we don't beat no one else this season. We got to knock off <laughs> Russell Wilson and the Thanks Denver Broncos. And there was the energy. The, you could tell the emotion, the feelings from the crowd. 70-year-old Pete Carroll running up and down the sideline, looking like he's 35 again. The energy means a lot. And I think that this is a game where we may see a, a uptick, an uptick in energy from Nebraska. And they do still have some talent on their roster. So I think that they can um, – I actually think that they can knock off Oklahoma, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, DP. And, and it's all of the emotions that you laid out, right? And we have to look at Oklahoma because right now they're 2-0. But I believe they beat Kent State in, in, in UTEP, right? Which uh nothing to write home about. And I get it. Nebraska just lost to Georgia Southern. But we're moving past that. So I, I think that they have a real shot. Like you said, it's not only keeping it close, but to winning the game. Because one thing Nebraska has done is scored points, right? They, they just – haven't been able to play defense and defense at times is attached to emotions, right? To playing hard, who gives that extra effort. And this is a big time game as far as Oklahoma coming in there. They're, they're the big brand right now in the big 12. And then also I think coach Mickey Joseph gonna have them boys fired up. I think they're going to be ready to roll. They're going to be turned up. I wouldn't be surprised in the locker room. If there's a different vibe, if you get some young boy going or something oh. like that, and they 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 gonna have it turned up, so I'm, I'm expecting Nebraska to come out there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game by three points or something like that. I definitely feel like it is a Nebraska rebirth. <laughs> um, we can only hope that it goes as well as I would like it to. You know, guys, at the end of the day, I'm I'm rooting for Mickey Joseph. I really am. Yeah. And if yeah. it means that he wins by 11.5, whatever that 
I really <laughs> that statistic is really irking me. Like just round it up to twelve. Um, so with that, we have Nebraska over OU for us at least, which leads me into our final and the most fun segment, which is where I have coined Keith's new nickname, Hot Take Sanchez, due to his overwhelming amount of support um, for teams that I just did not see or could foresee him supporting. Um, so. First on my list is Georgia at South Carolina. I guess I'll let the South Carolina boy go well, first. As I stated when I talked about Spencer Rattler, I do not expect South Carolina to win this game. Um, <laughs> simple fact of that is like they have a lot of talent at the running back position, the quarterback, even receivers, especially the tight end. Shout out to Jaheim Bell. But it's just the offensive line, like the, the trenches for them. Spencer Rattler's been running for his life. Like, since, this, since the opening kickoff of, of week one, this young man has been on the move, not by design, but by survival. Like, because he can't survive standing in the pocket <laughs> behind his offensive line right now. And we know Georgia has Nolan Smith, they have Robert Beal Jr., and they have the man-child himself, Jalen Carter, who is just yeah, unblockable. And I think that he's going to wreck this game himself. So I got to go Georgia. Yeah, me, I, I'm, I'm with you, D. I'm going with Georgia, too. I'm going Georgia by a lot. So whatever the spread is, if it's a half a point, like my girl Jane said, round <laughs> it up. <laughs> round it up because it's, it's going to be a, by a lot more than that. So uh, I'm definitely going with Georgia on that one. Oh, that brings me to our next game, everybody's favorite Ducks, I guess. I don't know. They've been kind of waddling away this entire season. Um, but we have BYU at Oregon. And what do we guys think about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm out on Oregon. Uh, they, they let me down. They let me down week one. So I will not be picking them. They, they're on a, probably a five-week probation no matter who they're playing for me. Um, they <laughs> – I picked y'all as my upset alert, and y'all let me down. Y'all, y'all did the exact opposite. Y'all lost by yeah. forty. I haven't let yeah, that go. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, yeah, I, I'm one of them people that I don't forgive nor forget. So I, I'm picking BYU with this yeah, game Keith, right uh, here. Me, and you text like while that game was ending, it was like we will never do this again. Like talking about Oregon, we will never pick <laughs> Oregon again. And I, quack, oh, quack, oh, quack. Oh, that beak is gone. <laughs> um, I am definitely picking BYU. I feel like Jaron Hall. I, I, I typically lean to the better quarterback. Jaron Hall is a much better quarterback than Bo Nix. Oregon's got to show me some resolve. They got to show me some physicality, some toughness. Yeah, no. I, and plus, at the end of the day, you made me look bad too. Like you, you made us at the talent factor look bad. I'm not picking Oregon again for the rest of the season. Right. They should have represented y'all better. They really could have. Thought we had a friend. Um. <laughs> friend of Oregon. Um. All right, all right. Uh, next, we have another SEC team, which I'm, you know, not sure how my feelings about the SEC is going. Um, I always want to root for them, but you never know. We got Penn State at Auburn. Yeah, th this one is tough for me. Last last year was a really good game that came down to the wire. This year, let's be completely honest about this. Neither offense has played well, right? Like this, this game can very well be a seventeen to nine, one of them games that you wind up cutting off and coming back about thirty minutes later, right? I'm gonna just go with the home team. I'm gonna just go with Auburn because they're at home. I I don't really feel a, a, a lot confident about it, but I'm, I'm gonna go with Auburn. I think I think they'll yeah, I'm, pull I'm this out. You, I'm, go with Auburn. 
They're at home. SEC crowd is going to be rocking. Um, both offenses from the quarterback position have not been easy to watch. You know, TJ Finley has not looked great. You know, Sean Clifford is is inconsistent with his ball placement and accuracy, but he's a gamer, though, tough kid. Um, so I think he'll be up for the challenge to come into the SEC. But I think Tank Bigsby will be able to, to break loose and have some good runs, and they could try to lean on him uh, to get the play-action pass going. So I'm going to go Auburn. Yeah, you know, I just feel like if you could say War Eagle, but your mascot is the Tigers, you guys have bigger issues to figure out before you can be consistent. <laughs> consistent consistency well, is clearly never, an issue. I've never thought about that. Um, I'm glad, you know, Gene, I'm glad you brought that, that up because I'm now going to – I need to look into the history of Auburn. Like, y'all can't even decide like, what mascot y'all are. Why is it War are. Eagle and like, War Tiger or something? Like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, because War Tiger I mean, kind of sounds dumb. Touche. But touche. <laughs> still, if that's the case, just make it the Eagles. Just make it the Auburn Eagles. Um. So we already kind of talked about this, but we're back on it. Miami at Texas A&M. Whether or not Texas A&M needs to make a statement, we still got to pick who we think is going to win the game. So who do we have? Keith, putting you on the spot. Oh, man, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. Because I, I, I made them my make a statement uh, team, right? I called out the entire program, students included, everybody. I think Miami goes in there and gets it done. Because if Texas A&M still has the offensive problems, Miami has Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback, which is a pretty good player. Miami has some athletes as far as receivers, a couple running backs. They have a couple defensive players. I can see Miami going in and winning this game. So I think it's going to be close. I'm not 100% confident in this pick, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Miami. Over the Aggies, things are going down in college. Yeah, can, oh, Let ahead. me just say, you and your confidence meter, you and your you have to start getting your confidence meter behind your statements. Because, you know, the first week you were all, my confidence is at, you know, a one, which it should have been. It should have been. It should have been at a one. That's fair. But I'm just saying, like, every time you make a statement, he's like, I mean, my confidence is a little low. If that's the case, pick somebody else. Well, I don't feel good about them either. <laughs> Listen, I was all in. You listened to the previous podcast. I was all in on Texas a and yeah. And they let me down. I've been saying for months now that Texas A&M is going to win. They Alabama needs to watch out for Texas A&M, but they they let me down. So you know, yeah, I just don't feel good about it. It's I, I've been burned already by Texas A&M and Oregon. So mm. that's why We're my gonna confidence. Lump yeah. them in. All right, DP. Yeah. Let me yeah, hear. I'm, it. I'm I'm going Miami as well. I think there's going to be some residual negative effects from that game last week, right? Like you clearly weren't up for. You clearly played down to your opponent. You looked. At them, look at these guys that they were in inferior competition because they're from the Sun Belt, aka the Fun Belt. But you legitimately came into that game and just looked bad. And Keith talked about earlier the quarterback situation right now for Texas A&M is not good. And Nick Saban says something in the offseason like, "Well, they're cheating or they're buying players. They haven't bought a quarterback yet. That's the most important part. Um, the, <laughs> the NIL money that they have and the, the extension that Jimbo got. Right. Bro, if y'all don't combine some of that and go get one of these five-star actually good quarterbacks to put yourself in position to win meaningful games, I'm going to go with the better quarterback again. Tyler uh, uh, Van Dyke over in Miami, he, he can throw the ball. He's got a little mobility to him, and they got weapons. So I'm going to Miami to, to come in and knock him off and really make that city kind of burn a little bit. There's going to be some turmoil, some 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 upset fans and boosters after after this weekend. All right, so we're thinking like 3.5 points or – I give him a – I give <laughs> – Game spread, 10 points. 
Okay. Oh, wow. That's a blow okay. up. My final game of this week for you guys is Fresno State at USC. Um, thoughts? Well, Jaden, you just called me out, right? You basically just told me, you know, my confidence meter. That was basically you saying, yes. say it with your chest, right? That's what you yes, told me. Yes, that is what I meant, politely. So I'm going to go ahead and say it with my chest. I'm picking USC by a lot. Uh, everybody thinks this game may be close because of Fresno State and their quarterback, Jake Hayner. But guess who's on the other side? Caleb Williams, the young gunslinger himself, the real deal, the truth. Uh, so I, I think he gets the job done. He has Mario Williams. He has Jordan Addison. USC, they're going in. They put up 50 yeah, points. Yeah, I'm with you, Keith. Like you said, Jake, Jake. Ooh, yeah, 50. that's a lot. Uh, but I see it, though. That's, and that, that's why I'm with him because Jake Hayner is going to – he's a tough guy. He's going to make some plays. Uh, he's got Jalen Cropper with him at the receiver position. But at the end of the day, it's all about defense and, and what are you going to bring to the table defensively. And we've seen that Jordan Addison is motivated to be a two-time Bolitnikoff award winner to be the best receiver in college football because he's torching everyone. And it, I don't know if I don't believe Fresno State has the DBs to man up with this dude or Mario Williams as you talked about. So I think Caleb Williams and the boys are going to put up numbers. Yep. I'm sorry, y'all. Fifty is a lot yeah. of points. You're not. You're not like, about to. You said confidence. You said, you, you uh, you're not going to challenge my chest. confidence. So I'm going to. I did. I did. I did. I did. I'm going. I'm with not you. challenging confidence. <laughs> I'm just saying that's a lot of points. Hey, listen. You know, I think. What is it? <laughs> points. It's kind of yeah. sad. Okay. Um. With that, it as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. I think that y'all have left some things on the table, and uh, with that, I hope everyone has a good week. Listen, as always, guys, you know what I tell you. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcasting platform. Like, subscribe, share, review, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star review, uh, please. <laughs> Appreciate it. But as always, I'm Damian Parson. My guy, Keith Sanchez, our point guard, the one that dishes out the assist, Jaden Clark. Keith, what's the slogan, baby? I remember, man, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.